cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Because they're going to run out of all the other enemies. And how do you control 
billions of people without an enemy. They have to create them. And therefore, they're going to put billions more dollars into this new falcon, this high altitude, almost a, a spaceship thing that will travel across the Earth. I guess they forgot all about the missiles they created in the Cold War. And this, this falcon can, can arrive over its target in minutes, they claim, and basically deliver all these bombs. And if they wanted to, they could split the world in two. And we're supposed to chew our fingernails and hope it never happens, because that's what they did during the Cold War. We're all going to be annihilated any second. And we obeyed them very, very well through fear. Now the music's coming up, and I'll be back after these following messages. Barriers to stop car bomb attacks, 
extra blast-proofing vehicle exclusion zones and metal detectors. And this goes on and on about all the changes they're going to make there. And they want to give out a, a propaganda, this hearts and minds thing, to win the hearts of young Muslims because they're getting rather upset about what's happening to, to, to kinfolk in other countries right now. And it's quite interesting to notice that the BBC itself, right after 9-11, when they started the Al-Qaeda project to build up Al-Qaeda, it said that the security services in Britain had put out spooks there, spooks or spies, to lure young people into the Internet, into Al-Qaeda. And in, in essence, they were creating what hadn't been there before in the first place. It's very easy to trap young men's minds and give them their leaders, even though they're invisible, they're on the Internet, and that's what they've been doing. So now they're creating this kind of movement to keep something going. And, of course, they never saw this coming uh, years ago when it was open, open borders for Britain, time during Margaret Thatcher's era, when she opened the borders saying, well, we have to bring all these immigrants in because, because we, but there's not enough people getting born in Britain to pay off the national debt. That was the excuse in the papers at the time. But they foresaw all of this. And, um, in fact, they've been stacking the chessboard in advance of the situation because they brought in people from those very countries in large groups. Uh, to get all ready. You can't have an enemy within unless you bring an, uh, people in who then become the enemy. That's how it works in these strategies. And this ongoing plan, as I say, is to eventually standardize the entire Middle East. And uh, now they're even looking towards China after that. Now, we know through the GATT Treaty, General Agreement Trades and Tariffs, or Tariffs and Trade, that they built up China. Uh, we know that China holds the debt of the West. So here's the U.S. supposedly getting ready in case there's any trouble from China in the future by putting trillions of dollars into these new advanced, almost spacecraft uh, that can go over their target and, and deliver all these incredible bombs within minutes, so they claim. And this is the guff, and I mean guff, that's G-U-F-F, the guff that we were fed all during the Cold War because all this stuff technically is obsolete. They had, and they still do have, missiles that can reach a target too within minutes. Why build more aircraft? And why also even use them when you have satellites? You have the Star Wars program in space already. Uh, the satellites are repaired by the space shuttles. That's what they were designed for, not to see if we can breed spiders in space or how worms behave when they're floating through in freefall. It's all to do with repairing and putting in space weaponry and all of the equipment that's going to monitor us in the very near future when we all get our chips. And we are supposed to be kept in the dark and like sheep. Now, sheep are pretty stupid animals. Uh, they, 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 they follow each other. They, they scatter like crazy. They will run into barbed wire fences or into, into ditches or, or, or swamps even and panic. And so these good shepherds look after the sheep, the people, and who fleece the sheep. They always fleece the sheep, so you pay all these taxes to build your chains. Uh, these sheep are, are all being terrorized into this global system where we're going to be conditioned over a period of maybe 30 years uh, that we can't trust ourselves. And none of us, not one single individual can trust yourself. You must be predictable. And that's the world they're going to teach us to accept so that we give up 
our independence, our personal independence, piece by piece, all for peace and safety. That's the con game. If you read the books I've mentioned before, like The Next Million Years by Charles Galton Darwin, he tells you, this great grandson of Charles Darwin, he tells you right in there that the elite themselves will not alter themselves genetically or any other way or destroy that part of the brain that gives them their their survival instincts because they have to steer and guide planet Earth. But the rest of us won't need it. We won't need that. And Arthur Kessler parted him, he said, because the general public will have all their decisions made for them personally by the state. Uh, This is the brave new world we're going into. And that's why these characters at the top, these psychopathic nutcases, have, have disclosed through their top think tank for the Department of Defense that they see nothing but riots and breakouts and flash mobs from the general public uh, escalating and starting very shortly and escalating for the next 30 years. Now, what would they do to the public that would make them get off their, their hind ends, stop watching TV, and, and start rebelling and revolting? What Northwood was coming along the pike? Well, you can see them already. They've taken over the food supply of the planet because the five agri-food businesses that somehow just happened to get authority over it all are now in charge of it, like Archer Daniels, Daniels Midland, that's ADM, which is Adam, red and ruddy, the earth, you see. They do like the little jokes. And, and Monsanto and all the rest, they've all taken over the food supply of the world and now they're privatizing into, again, a handful of people or corporations that the water supply of the planet well, and all the other resources that you need to keep alive. That's your oil, your fuel, all the rest of the things you heat yourself with if you live in cold climates, are all going under the supervision of a few people, a few corporations. And remember what Professor Carl Quigley said, this new feudal system will be run by the executives, the CEOs of big international corporations. And technically they're all interwoven because the class A shares which they sell are owned by the same people the same few families. All the B shares are sold off to the general public. So really, we're already owned. When that happens, you're owned. When everything you need for living is owned by someone else, you're technically a slave. And you live, as you used to say in the Middle Ages, at their mercy, at their mercy. And that's where we are today. And it's happening, as we've never had such a binge as before, we're going through entertainment binges like never ever before and plastic cards are flying all over the place and credit never ends and people really don't care they've never had so many diversions and fantasies to take their minds away from what's actually happening as today all by intent all by intent plus we've been attacked from birth with inoculations genetically modified food a lot of aluminum oxide, basically, fluoride in the water, which they knew back in at the early 1900s would actually end up in the brain and destroy brain cells. All of this was known back then. So we'd be under tremendous attack to make us the most stupidest, stupidest generation that's ever existed. We also have had the most mind control of any gen- previous generation because we grew up with the TV, television, 
grew up with indoctrination being given to us every night through mainstream media and through what we thought was entertainment. Entertain means to go under the cover, to lift the veil and go inside into a fantasy. And when you're into a fantasy, you you are actually your sensor part of your brain is down. You're not expecting to be attacked. And so you start to enjoy the themes, always in a human context, because humans are fascinated, obviously, by watching humans. And that's what to give you. But in amongst all the dramas they give you, you'll find there's so many messages for predictive programming. And I'll be back with more of this predictive programming of what's been happening after the following messages. enemies or, or just decide the day before they're going to attack certain countries any more than they did Af- attack Afghanistan after 9-11. If you look at all the troops, they were already amassing on the border for months before 9-11. Someone knew something was up. And this is just part of the domino effect, as they say. They set up the dominoes and then they knock them down in a row. And it's all planned. That's what you hire thousands of these guys in intelligence to do, is to plan the future. And, and it's all to do with control, always maintaining control over your own people first and then the rest that you only take over. That's what it's always been about. And before I leave the Telegraph Co. UK site, I was going to mention that um, people should compare this to the movie put out by Kerry Gulliam of Monty Python fame. And he laid it all on the line in a comedy called Brazil. Uh, done about 12 years ago, I think, the movie. And it had everything in it, including a society run with this terrorism everywhere. No one ever sees a terrorist and even quip about that all throughout the movie. Mum, have you actually seen a terrorist? And he says, well, no. But explosions always go off and they don't find anyone. And the biggest department in the whole uh, nation is the Department of Information Retrieval. And that's what all this is about. We're all being monitored individually. Everything about us is going into a Department of Information Retrieval. And so he knew that, too, because he went to one of the best schools as well. Now, I think we've got uh, Rick in California there. Are you there, Rick? Uh, yes, I am. Can you hear me, Alan? Yes. Oh, hi. Um, I wanted to bring up, uh, just say a joke real quick, and then and then bring up a couple of uh, two authors. Mm-hmm. Um, the, jo- the joke I wanted to say was... Um, when I looked at this new UN treaty for the sea called Law of the Sea Treaty, yeah. I didn't I think I didn't haven't looked into it yet, but all I need to do is look at the acronym to see, you know, we've lost the sea. Yes. You know. That's right. And, and we can all see for ourselves. You know, for for those who can understand it, you know. Mm-hmm. It 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 just stood out right to me right away. And and also <laughs> I wanted to bring up um two authors um one author I haven't heard you mention much, but it, but it confirms what you've been saying. Um, science fiction author um, Frank Herbert of, of Dune. Uh, yeah, read, that's went right. Back when I read it mm-hmm. oh, years ago, 
you know, you have the intergenerational. I didn't understand it until I, until I started listening to you. You have the intergenerational breeding program, the the Bene Gesserit that goes for thousands of years where they plan. Mm-hmm. You know, and then another another author was uh, Julian May, who um, I read a, back in the '90s. She wrote books in the '80s, and it was talking about how the aliens were going to come down and bring unity to man. And uni- unity was the unified mind, like the hive mind, sort of. Yeah. So it just That's goes right. to confirm what you've been saying. That's correct. And and also with Herbert, too, he talked about the whole deal was to do with spices as kind of drug, you see. Mm-hmm. And we know about the spice wars, in the history books, always talk about the spice wars. Well, that was the big boys from London and also from Yale University, that the other group over there, uh, that were into the opium and, and putting the opium all over the world at the time. That's what they, that's the, that was the acronym for, for spice, you see. It was actually opium. They were, they oh. Were, and that's what they call them the Spice Wars, and that's why it was in that book as well. Was Frank Herbert a, um, a high mason, do you think? It, it'd have to be to have that insight. All these guys you find go to the, they belong to the Futurist Society, which is funded by the big foundations, and they pick certain authors and bring them in to the back room and say, well, this is what we want you to write about, make a good story, catch the imagination, but insert the story or, or, or build a story around these certain facts, and that's called predictive programming. Um, well, thank you. I just wanted to ask one more about one more author, if you could comment on it, on her. I was wondering, what, what, are your, what is your take on um, on Ayn Rand or Anne Rand, her background, <laughs> she was promoting and what her... Yeah. You know, well, she was sent out by the Soviet Union uh, in reality, and her job was to act uh, the right hand of the same body. You know, the body has the left and the right hand, and her job was to promote individualism to an extent, but then to go off in, in almost a fascist tangent because one of her books, at the very end of her, one of her books, I think it was one of the last ones she did, she talks about the main character who broke free from the masses and became a sort, almost a godlike character. And he said, I, ego, my ego, I, ego, shall conquer, I shall win and rule. Oh, wow. And so that was in there, too. And you just need to look at all of her, her associates as soon as she came across. She also was the mistress of Lord Rothschild for a while. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. All right, so thanks very much, Alan. Bye now. All right, bye-bye. And we've got Daniel in Canada. Daniel, are you there? Yes. Hello, Alan. How are you this evening? Not so bad. Um, I really enjoy your show, and I really appreciate what you do, sir. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um. If it's okay, I would like to share something I've learned with you and uh, and the listening audience. Uh-huh. Uh, Go ahead. It's pretty basic, and I imagine a lot of people will think it's naive, but um, the past while, I've been going through an extremely bad spot in my life, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, people I don't know, strangers, <clears throat> have come out of the woodwork to uh, help me. Yeah. And... I came to the realization, you know, at, uh, at, at, at the bottom of the pit, uh, as it were, as being a job without a job, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, is that I think one of the only ways that an individual... I'll, t- I'll tell you, Daniel, hold on till after the break, because I can okay, hear the sure. music coming. Just hold on, we'll get back to that. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And we're talking to Daniel in Canada, who's talking about how people came forward to, I guess, to a system uh, when he had fallen hard times. You still there, Daniel? Oh, Daniel? Yes, hello? Yeah, could you continue? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, what I'm going to say, I know, will sound basic and naive to a lot of people, but I think the most important lessons are the most basic. And from what I've learned from all my troubles and through the help other people are providing me is that the only way we're going to turn society around is to stop being so inwardly focused and turn outwards to other people. Yeah. To yeah. Bring, bring family values to friends, to help a stranger once a week, to do some volunteering. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all being drawn in into us, me, 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 all the time, from TV, from the Internet, mm-hmm. from fashion, from popular opinion. And that's why I feel, anyways, so many people are so incredibly unhappy and, and they're walking around without a foundation. There's no foundation because that was the agenda and written about long ago, that mm-hmm. the, the, the family and the cohesiveness would be destroyed and therefore, government and the state, and those who work for the state, could contact and talk to you and demand to, or order you directly, and there'd be no one around you to stand up for you. That was always the intent. And, of course, once the television came in, it isolated family from family. Before TV came in, people used to walk around and visit each other with their families all the mm-hmm. time and communicate, and the communication stopped. They all sit in their own little boxes with their jaws dropped and they're hypnotized, and there's no communication and now they don't know how to communicate with each other. And when they do, all they can do is, like Brzezinski said, is, is talk about what they've seen on the television. Oh, yeah, so it's like there's all this programming 24-7 yes. to turn the people turn people against each other and even against themselves. Absolutely. Uh, again, that's true. It's just to make you unsure about yourself because people... Uh, explained in, in sociological books, they used to hire uh, socialist uh, scientists many years ago to do studies on, on mass uh, control mm. and what makes us all tick. And they found that um, uh, they could eliminate all competition, competition being people talking to people, they could eliminate it all, and then the people would only be able to parrot what they're, they're downloaded with uh, from mainstream media. And that's why the mainstream media always gives you a pro and a con, two experts to debate something. And, and one of, the, the, one of the, the, the experts will give you what you choose as, as the answer. It doesn't occur to you that there could be other options and other alternatives to what they say. Right. And so, so, yeah, they have us all debating um, little trivia things generally when the big decisions are already made at the top long, long before the issue hits the public, in fact. Right, right. So it's like all these big decisions that are swamping people and I don't know, I feel that something that would really help is to turn to the little decisions between people, like, yeah. I want to help this person, you know? Yeah, that's what we've got to do is, is, is re- regain, we've got to regain our humane attitudes towards each other. Exactly. Uh, because we've been separated from each other, we become inhumane because we adopt uh, a producer-consumer society, we adopt mm-hmm. into that and we adapt into that, and we become psychopathic in a sense, and desensitized to to the fact that many drop to the bottom in the society, a lot more than people know, and um, the safety nets that they pretend are there are no safety nets at all. Uh, generally, people will come forward and help people, and and that's where where true help uh, comes from. It's 
other. And um, we've got to stop this being inside our own little head space, where we think it's nice and safe, uh, thinking about last night's soap opera, mm. and start thinking about other people, because that's true. We've got to get our humaneness back, our humanity back, and before it's too late, because we're on a really bad slope right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll stop the line and give other people uh, a chance, but uh, thank you very much for letting me uh, just say that that basic wisdom I, I've, uh, I've yeah. lost for so long. Yeah, well, thanks for calling. And uh, now I think we've got Ryan there. Ryan, are you there? Hey, you can hear me? Yes, where are you? Yeah, I'm New York. New York, yeah. <laughs> uh, earlier in the talk, you briefly mentioned how uh, entertainment works because... Uh, your guard is temporarily put down. Uh-huh. And uh, I was thinking of how George Harrison has really strange songs once you become aware of the propaganda matrix. Mm-hmm. Have you any, in particular, any, any particular ones you're thinking of? Uh, yeah, uh, I've got my mind set on you. Yeah. And uh, the lyrics roughly go along. Uh, it's going to take a lot of precious time. It's going to take a lot of money. Do it right. Mm-hmm. And they just put it in this hunky dory fashion, and you don't really. I don't know. It could just be a joke, or it just could be part of programming. Yeah, it, it could be the it could be the, the the programming too. But I know I know that he he was the quieter one of the whole bunch. And by that time, before he died, they all knew that the survivors knew uh, to a man um, that they'd all been used. They all knew that uh, yeah. one one continued to be used and and. Was quite happy to go higher up the the social ladder, but uh, Lenin knew as well because uh, McLuhan told them when they visited Canada that they're actually getting used. And because Lenin truly believed that that uh, a peace movement could literally alter the world and um, uh, get people communicating, get back to some kind of value or something. And he was shattered when Marshall McLuhan told them that you're, you're all because he really respected McLuhan. When McLuhan told them that you're all being used, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but they all knew. Yeah, they all knew eventually, and uh, I think Ringo Starr eventually did a tour to say they couldn't remember a single thing during the whole Beatles era because he was in such a uh, an alcoholic haze most of the time, which is a great That's way of protecting yourself. <laughs> That's probably how they pr- they probably purposely handled them to be like that. I have no doubts. I have no doubts. And, and it's maybe a wise thing, too, after one of them gets shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's how it really goes. And and um, because, yeah, the, the whole culture industry and what was to be in was promoted from the top. And the, the ones who started off the particular uh, Beatles era and with Martin and all the rest of them behind them and all the high technology they had, they had much better equipment than anyone else had ever seen. I'm sure that all came from the military-industrial complex, too. And even stereo came. I can remember when the Stones said that stereo would never take off, and they were still carrying on mono. And uh, and Martin came out with the stereo stuff, and, and it simply took off like crazy. And a lot of um, psychological uh, uh, tampering went on with the particular Beatles songs. If you listen to the t- style of the songs, it was meant to go hand-in-glove with particular types of being stoned and uh, certain drugs that were out at the time. It was really designed, purposely designed for it. You know, Strawberry Fields Forever, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, LSD, and all that. You know. well, the uh, Adorno's, uh, he's, you know, he's pretty tough to read. 
Adorno is, and, and uh, people realize that Adorno, who was a professor at different universities, one starting in, in Germany, uh, held the rights to all the Beatles songs up until he died, and then Michael Jackson bought them over. Paul McCartney put a bid in, but didn't get it. Yeah, and, I think uh, on Wikipedia that he died in 69. Yeah. It still fits, because they broke up in 70. That's right. That's right. But Adorno, too, also had a school started, and he was at the Frankfurt School, too, part of that whole team, where they studied yeah. the culture creation industry to realize how much the culture of the West uh, really created the average American or North American person through all the advertising and, and the lifestyle and so on. And they realized that it was a, a massive psychological tool. Uh, everything that came out of the media was a tool that could be used heavily to guide whole millions of population of the population along a certain path. And they also knew that this was well understood in Adorno School uh, by the ones who ran the West, those at the top of the West. And um, they had conflicts at times with, with people they had to work with during the Cold War. So you literally had a Trotsky, uh, and they were Trotskyites that were recruited by MI6. Um, ardent Trotskyites, they fell out with the rest of the Soviet Union. They, they wanted perpetual revolution, and but they also teamed up with MI6 and the fascist side during the entire Cold War up to the present day. And... Um, and uh, eventually all got together with the one path, which really is, is, is a fascist system that we're coming into, that we're won over eventually. Yeah. Before um, I read what well, attempted to read Culture Industry mm -hmm. uh, by Adorno, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think, you know, you could even think like that. You know, yes. that, like, they're so much smarter than us. It's not even... uh, well, he, he himself... Uh, was well-versed in some of the best uh, almost metaphysical literature you can imagine, which contains uh, uh, techniques of, of memorization. And um, he even said in one of his main books that he, he hated having to write in English because it was too limited a language, he preferred German, and that uh, even though it was going to be translated and the English readers might lose the train of thought, he said, because my sentences could, oh. could, could be a whole page long. And most, most people in the West, it's true, they can hardly read a single line now without losing track. If it goes over two, three lines, they lose track of the beginning of the sentence. Oh, you, yeah, you, can't really, you can't really read more than a sentence at a time in culture mm -hmm. industry without really, especially without footnotes, it's very difficult. Yes. But I, I could, and I've read all of his books, and I could follow his train of thought all the way through. Uh, although he said himself that very few could. But it is, it's incredible when you realize that these guys have been trained from birth for this kind of stuff, you understand? Yeah. They just, they just they, did, they, yeah. Think, they think on a different level. Yes, they do. And he was incredibly elitist as well. Very yeah. elitist. Uh, all these guys, the Trotskyites also believe what the fascists believe, and that was that the most intelligent had the right to rule the masses. They had a right to rule them. Yeah. Well, like the guy that showed you the... Uh, the globe, uh, we know the dome, Toronto, yeah. and he didn't want to tell you why. It was probably because that's the way he's going to be living. <laughs> I am sure. I'm sure he's probably been promised his own little bed in there. And uh, but yeah, this is the uh, this is the, this. Is, and he was. He's a lord. This guy now. Yeah. How do you even get? How do you even end up bumping into those people? Well, he, his name was Galen Weston. And he, he, I, I've been through so many different scenes of music and all the rest of it. You eventually get to know people, 
because um, especially I, I was versatile and I could do studio work. I could do, uh, I could get groups together for rock musicals and play on stage, and I could also go off and do solo work with classical myself. Yeah. So I, yeah. after the big shows, you get to meet the, the, the hobnobs who would ask you off and home uh, just to show you off, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, back to the other side of the coin. Is that you? Uh, pardon? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I, like I, that one. Uh, I can't say too much. The stuff I've done, I'll be too many lawsuits. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. And very, bru- blessed, very bruised yeah. egos, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was good talking to you. Yeah, thanks for calling. And, yeah, we, we do have um, we do have a, a, quite a world here. It's, 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 uh, it's amazing. Some people's lives, you, you meet so many different kinds of people in different uh, situations, and that's what I've been doing. And I also wrote various books under uh, a couple of different names as well in the past. Now we've got Mike in Tennessee on the line. Are you there, Mike? Yes, Alan. How uh, are you? I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best you can do. Once you've woken up, is which I wanted to talk to you. Is uh-huh. uh, How do you get by without being able to converse with people anymore? I tell people initially you've got to learn something which is hard, and that's to live inside of your head. Because you still have to mix with society, realizing that they're so conditioned. And and just to survive, you have to mix through them or, or, or interact with them. And you, you can't simply, even though it means go back into robo-talk, I call it robo-talk and robo-speak. Yeah. And you see the things they expect to hear and, and the, the, you know, this, this usual sort of banter that they're, they're used to. Have a nice day. How are we today, sir, etc. And, and so you've got to go down into robo-speak and, and simply bite the bullet, as they say, and live in your head most of the time, especially around people that, that, that you have to live with or interact, like families and so on. There's no point in creating disharmony at home. Even though you've woken up, it, 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 these people are still living in a slumberland where, where they've suspended their ability to be uh, incredulous. They've they, they suspended it. They're in suspended animation, in a sense. And you're coming from a different world. It's, they truly believe the television. They believe the news. And you're telling them stuff that, they, that they've never heard of before. And it can't be true, or, or, or the boys on the television would tell us. That's how they really believe. They think that way. Oh, I understand, but I'm, I've had some friends that have halfway woken up. Uh-huh. They'll get to a certain point, and it'll be like a topic on religion. They can't yes. go any further. No. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're stuck right there, or even the money deal. They yeah. can't understand how these guys can do without money. Yes. When you explain, they invented money, so what do they need it for? It's only for power. Mm-hmm. All they want is power. They don't care about money. Yeah, here's, here's the odd thing, too, though. Even though people have been hammered like never before, like, like, like no previous generation before, with indoctrination and, and, and blatant poisoning, basically, um, not all of them is fast asleep. Part of them in this day and age is also to do with deciding. They're deciding all the time a future, whether they like it or not, even if they want to live in denial. They've all heard the mainstream news that we've all heard. Yeah. And no one could possibly ever say today they didn't know. There's not one of them. 
they could not ever say they didn't, they might not know all of it, but they can't say they didn't know uh, what's really going on and what the U.S. and other countries are doing to the Middle East and other countries and, what's the, and their own people, for that matter. They can't possibly. And, and so this selfishness or this behavior they have um, is also a decision. It's a personal decision, and you have to respect that as well, that they are making a choice which um, is going to affect their own personal future uh, here, and if they're religious at all, elsewhere as well. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. It's just so hard because I grew up in this culture, and then once I woke up, I can look back and see where I've been manipulated by television. Yes. See why I've made decisions from the things that they've implanted in me. Yes. And it's in my subconscious, and mm-hmm. once it's loose, it's like your subconscious starts to grow. Yes. If that makes sense. It does. It actually soars at times. It, it takes off on you. Your mind will take off. And all the accumulated knowledge that's all compartmentalized starts to come together so quickly and, and starts to make sense for the first time because your mind is starting to work properly. Oh, I noticed when I quit watching television that my yeah. IQ jumped 20 points. Yes, that's a, that is a fact. It does, yeah. <laughs> People it does. don't understand that. Yes, the, the, the TV is hypnotic. I mean, it's, it's, they knew that when they gave it to the public. It was all. It was designed to be hypnotic. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I hear the break coming, Alan. And yep. Thank you for your time. Thanks for calling. Back up to these messages. yourself and just do it away do it away yeah. I have a question to ask about uh, I was hearing some things about I love the old ancient stuff that you talk about yeah. back from the early Egyptian civilizations mm-hmm. and how this was all started back then but I have a question about I'm hearing about the uh, pretty much the, the blood how the whole blood is started I, I'm hearing that the elites how they use all their spiritualism and how they all in the breed and they have like AB negative blood and that um, everybody else has like O positive and and uh, and that they're calling their blood blood more perfect or efficient ours because mm-hmm. they they pretty much are holding the AB type of blood and that's supposed to be from the early uh, days. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about that? Oh yeah, there's, there's lots out there on it. However, I mean, I mean the, the primary the, cause here is the fact that, that even in the, the most ancient times, now the world is a lot older than even Egypt, an awful lot older, and so, so as civilizations have come and gone down through the ages, uh, the psychopaths get to the top through brute force, because mm-hmm. they're, they're ruthless, and once they start interbreeding, then, then they're guaranteed to create the same types, and even the advisors around them become the nobility as they interbreed as well into their own. And you have this whole conglomeration at the top, this pyramid structure of really psychopathic personalities. And the trick has always been to use something they call money. That's what they introduced into society. 
And as long as I don't care what money is, it makes no difference what it is. Those control, who control it will always be in charge of you. So this is the entire structural system. And even the United Nations has said that the purpose of the global citizen is to be a good producer and consumer. Well, really, is that what we're all born for, to produce and consume? Well, it's an economic system, and it's not a natural system. So you have interbred psychopathic types at the top who also will recruit uh, psychopaths that spontaneously come out uh, amongst the general population if they have intelligence, and they'll, they'll recruit them into, into high positions as well because they need ruthless people to control uh, the public. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so it's not really the blood in itself. Um, it's, it's probably genetic, certainly, in that, uh, you know, even Plato talked about the ability to breed certain types of humans and breed out traits or breed in traits. And for kings and queens and rulers, they wanted people who could be ruthless when required. And that's what we've had right up to the present day. Um just one more question. Did you, uh, just one more question, because I know a lot of people want to talk to you, but uh, did you, do you know anything about how the original, the Jehovah's Witness religion, Jehovah's Witness religion started? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if it's part of a, of a plan, too, to infiltrate, you know, the religious sector of our society. But well, all, yeah, all of that came out, uh, it started movements in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and I think Charles Taz Russell started off the Jehovah's always get them confused with the, the seven the other ones, uh, Seventh-day Adventists. But uh, Charles Taz Russell uh, said that the, 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 the Gentiles had enough, that always, they were always warring with each other, and it was time for a new Israel to rule the world. And he's buried under a pyramid opposite the Masonic Lodge in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, I think. So mm-hmm. that tells you all you need to know, and it's got 666 on the side of his tomb. <laughs> oh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. So that, that's the music coming in. And from Hamish myself up here in uh, Ontario, Canada, that's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.